the Lord at all times. And his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Even when it seems like my world is falling down all around me, I will praise the Lord at all times. Even when my money is funny and my change is strange, I will praise the Lord at all times. Because somebody said when, when praises go up, I don't know about you, but I, I just can't get enough of praising God for what he has done in my life. I, I can't praise him for you, Cam. I can't praise him for you, Deacon Gibson. I can, I can only look back over my life and see what God has done for me individually. And that leads me to some hallelujah good times. I wish I had some help up in here. Amen, amen, amen. 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 Thank you to this uh, Horp Ensemble uh, for blessing our hearts uh, through song. Amen. Let us bow for a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. We praise you. We honor you. you we magnify you. We glorify your holy name for all that you have done, have done, is doing, and will do for us. God, we approach this preaching moment now and ask and pray that you would set the table so that these, your people, may eat. We thank you for life. We thank you for our health. And we thank you just for being God all by yourself. Now, God, we ask and pray that something will be said, something will be done that will cause that unsaved man, woman, boy, or girl to come running asking, what must I do? to be saved. God, we thank you for what you're doing through this, the Mount Horeb, DeSoto Missionary Baptist Church. God, we ask and pray that you would allow us to keep you in the forefront of everything that we do. And God, we'll be so ever mindful to give your name all the praise and all the honor that it so rightfully deserves. In the sweet and precious name of Jesus, we all pray. And all who love the Lord said amen. Amen. Uh, this morning, just for a few minutes, allow me to call your attention uh, to a very familiar passage of Scripture. Uh, you've heard me quote it time and time again, but we're going to look at it uh, more extensively on this morning. Uh, amen. Uh, it's found in the Gospel of Luke. The Gospel according to Dr. Luke, uh, the sixth, sixth chapter, and we'll read one verse for your listening consideration. Uh, Luke chapter 6 and verse number 38. Luke chapter 6, verse number 38. If you have it, say amen. 
and I'll be reading from the King James Version, and it simply says, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, and shaken together, and running over, shall men give unto your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet without, it shall be measured to you again. Amen. Amen. May the Lord add a blessing to the readers, hearers, and doers of his holy word. You may be seated. Let's give. I, I really want to place emphasis on this first part of the verse that says, Give, and it shall be given unto you good measure pressed down and shaken together and running over shall men give into your bosom. Uh, this morning, my brothers and sisters, I want to talk about, uh, I want to talk from this topic, uh, give a number tree. Give a number tree. Give a number tree. Somebody put it on the screen so they know what I'm talking about. Like trigonometry. Thank you, Sister Piers. Give a numetry. Amen. Give a numetry. Of course, we know trigonometry as being a branch of mathematics dealing with the relations of the sides and angles of triangles and dealing with relevant functions of any angles. Well, my brothers and sisters, I... I I rarely use trigonometry ever in my life. Anybody else? Anybody else? Rarely, rarely uses trigonometry in my life. But this morning, I want to talk about givenometry, which simply is the branch of Christendom dealing with the mathematics between the ultimate blesser and the willing giver and with an emphasis on the benefits bestowed upon the person giving. All right, let me say that again. Give a number tree is simply the branch of Christendom dealing with the mathematics between the ultimate blesser and the willing giver, and with an emphasis on the benefits bestowed upon the person giving. Oh, yeah, my brothers and sisters, I've already realized it's not going to be a lot of amen uh, up in here this morning. And any time you start talking about giving, yeah, folk tend to, to, to shut their minds off, Brother Robinson. That's okay, but, but, but I brought some amens with me, so I don't, it don't matter if you say amen or not because this is what God gave me to preach, and that's what I'm going to preach. Amen. Givenometry, giving, my brothers and sisters, giving has become a way of life for me. I can't speak for anybody else. Giving has become a way of life for me. Yes, my time, my talents, and my treasures. I, I try to make sure they're all available for kingdom building. Yeah. Oh, yeah, my aim is that every area of my life will be used to bring glory to God's holy name. 
Oh, yeah, it's our executive pastor, Dr. S.C. Nash, that defines Christian stewardship as a way of life in which the Christian regards himself and all that he has as a trust from God to be used in his service in grateful acknowledgement of what God has done, is doing, and shall do for us through Jesus Christ. Oh yeah, don't 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 get quiet on me now. We just talked about praising and being excited about praising. Well, we ought to be excited about giving, right? I did say that Mount Horeb DeSoto is a what kind of church? A giving church. Amen. Yes, yes. And and so and so um this Christian journey, my brothers and sisters, that we're on in this present life, it's really all about others. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's after we've made that, that personal decision to invite the Lord into our lives, and then everything else is centered around God and others. Oh, I know you don't believe me, so I, I take you back to when we talked about the Ten Commandments on Christian cross-training, Sister Russell, we determined that the first four uh, commandments are all about reverence to God. But then those last six commandments are all about respect for others. And so really when you look at it from that point of view, this Christian journey ain't about us. It ain't about how we feel. It ain't about how we want things done. It ain't about how we think things ought to go. It's all about what God wants to have happen and then being a blessing to others. Well, yeah, my brothers and sisters, this Christian journey, it ain't about us. It's all about God and others. It's about upholding biblical principles, biblical standards, biblical mandates in order to bring glory to God's holy name. Oh, yeah, my brothers and sisters, Dr. Nash, in his book entitled A Stewardship Primer, he states that the Bible must be restored in our churches to its place of importance and preeminence. We must refute, through Bible study, the accusations launched against the church of the 21st century. Oh, yeah, and then Dr. Nash goes on to state, he says, the average church member is about as well equipped to do battle on what he or she believes against an atheist or an agnostic as a boy armed Deacon Gibson with a peace shooter, peace shooter facing the fanfare of a machine gun. Oh, yeah, let me, let, me, let me say that again because I think you missed it. He says, the Bible must be restored in our churches to its place of importance and preeminence. We, we must refute through, God, through Bible study the accusations launched against the church. The average church member is about as well equipped to do battle on what he or she believes against an atheist or an agnostic as a boy armed with a pea shooter facing the fanfare of a machine gun. Oh, my brothers and sisters, you don't bring a knife to a gunfight. 
For so long, the church has been lipping along. We have been, we've brought a knife to a gunfight while everybody on the outside has their machine guns loaded, aimed at the church, saying shame on you for taking your money all the way down there to that preacher. Shame on you for believing in this white man's Jesus. Shame on you by upholding principles that was written by a human being. But we've got to be to the point to stand on the word of God to tell men, women, boy, or girl, for Christ I live and for Christ I die. Why? Because he gave his life. I, I, I don't want to get there just yet. Yeah, but, 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 but the emphasis, my brothers and sisters, is on Bible study. And so I ask you, let's take a closer look at this pericope here in Luke chapter 6 and verse 38 and see if we can make clear this area of givenometry as it relates to the Christian life in which we live. Right. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Here, my brothers and sisters, Jesus, you do know whenever, whenever the words are read in your Bible, if you have that type of Bible, whenever the words are read, that's Jesus Christ himself speaking. And so Jesus in this pericope, Jesus uh, in the preceding verses up to this verse that we're looking at, he gives uh, us some Christian mandates to uphold. Yes, he says that we should be merciful. He says that we should judge not. He says that we should condemn not. Then he says we should forgive. And then that brings us to the text. For this morning. Oh, yeah, because first of all, when we're talking about givenometry, the mathematics of Christendom, the first thing we want to realize is that giving is requiting. Oh, yeah, I know that's not a word that you normally know. And so, uh, amen. Giving is requiting. The root word of that is requite, and it simply means to make repayment or return for service. Oh, yeah, my brothers and sisters, giving is requiting. But, but Deacon Gibson, I didn't make it up because it's in the text. The text starts out by saying, give, comma, and it shall be given unto you. I don't know about you, my brothers and sisters, but that sounds uh, quite requiting in my mind as it pertains to uh, the definition that I just gave you. Oh, yeah, my brothers and sisters, one day, one day, my friend and my brother, Dr. Jesse Bible Anderson, that's his real middle name, Jesse Bible Anderson, he told me, he said, Chuck, you can't receive the ultimate blessing from the Lord with your hands closed. In other words, what he was saying, you got to be a giver in order to receive the ultimate blessings from the Lord. You can't, you can't receive blessings with your fist closed, your hand balled up. But when you give, then you open that hand for the Lord to give back to you, for the Lord to requite back on to you. And then Jesse Bible introduced me to a verse that changed my life. And it's simply, and I'm going to introduce you to this verse. It's, it's Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 17. 
and it simply says, He that hath pity upon the poor lendeth unto the Lord, and that which he hath given will he repay him again. Oh, my brothers and sisters, that one verse changed my whole world around because from that moment on, then I became a giver. And when I'm saying giving, it's not just about your money, but it's about your time, your talents, and your treasures. I'm, I'm talking about stewardship, y'all. Yeah, yeah. When you become a, 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 a Christian steward over the life that God has given you, then Deacon Gibson, like I said earlier, you don't mind giving your time to promote the agenda of the Lord. Yes, when you become a Christian steward, you don't mind, Sister Cindy Russell, using your talents and Sister Davis for the glory of God. When, 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 when you become a Christian steward, you don't mind giving your tithe. I wish I had some help up in here. Yeah, you don't, you don't mind giving your tithe. Why? Because the Bible says give and it shall be given unto you. Oh, yeah, that's why I'm pretty sure the hymn writer, I agree with the hymn writer when he says you can't be God-given no matter how hard you try. And just as sure as you're living and the Lord is in heaven on high, the more you give, the more he'll give to you. But keep on giving because it's really true that you can't be God-given no matter how hard you try. Oh, my brothers and sisters, when we shovel out money, when we shovel out time, when we shovel out our, our talents, oh, yeah, we might shovel it out, but God's shovel is way bigger than our shovel. And I wish I had some folk up in here that would say, yes, Reverend, I totally agree with you. No matter how much of my time I give, no matter how much of my talents I give, no matter how much of my treasure I give, God always requites. He's a requiter. Amen. Yeah, yeah, because when we give, God gives back to us. And he won't owe us anything. I wish I had some help up in here. But the Bible says when you give, then the Lord will repay you. And do you think that God is going to owe you anything? He owns a cattle of a thousand hills. He ain't going to owe you nothing. Oh, yeah. See, moving right along. That's all right. Not only is giving uh, requiting but it's requiting because, secondly, giving is rewarding. Well, yes, yeah, in the text. The text says, give, and it shall be given unto you. But then it says, good measure, pressed down, shaken together. Yeah, when you say shaken together, you got to do that. Shaken together and running over. Yes, and, and that's where I want to stop because Giving also, my brothers and sisters, is rewarding. Oh, when we really look at this thing and we break it down, break down this, this scripture, this passage uh, uh, from the, its original language, which is what? It's Greek. 
Old Testament was written in Hebrew. New Testament was written in Greek. And when you break these two words, good measure, down from its original language, that word good simply means beautiful. And that word measure means a limited portion. Oh, yeah. So when you give, the Lord gives back to you a beautiful limited portion. Don't, don't miss that. A beautiful limited portion. The, the blessings that are bestowed upon the giver uh, it, it is the giver of his time, talents, and treasures for the kingdom's cause. Those blessings are tailor-made for that individual. Oh, I wish I had some help up in here. Yes, yes. I, that's why it doesn't do any good to hate on and to be envious of what somebody else have because the same God that blessed that person with what they got is the same God that's able to bless you personally with what you need. You may think you need a, a Mercedes S550, but, but God may just want to give you an in, Infinity QX80. I wish I had some help up in here. All right. Amen. But the limited portion, a beautiful limited portion, I... I know, my brothers and sisters, you look over your life, and we all know without a shadow of a doubt that we have truly been blessed in our life. We look at our lives, and we know without a shadow of a doubt that God has been good to us. We look over our lives, and we know without a shadow of a doubt that the blessing bag that God has given us is full to the rim with blessings. Oh, but let me take you back to my childhood when I used to rake leaves. Oh, yeah, and, I, and, and, and for a normal-sized yard, normal-sized yard, uh, Deacon Gibson, when I first started raking leaves, I would use about 10 bags to bag up the leaves. Until some, one day, I can't remember who it was, but somebody caught wind of what was going on and said, hold on, let me... Let me show you a better and more economical way to bag these leaves. And so he took that bag that I thought was fully full to the rim with, 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 with leaves, and he sat down on the bag. And that bag in which I thought was full became one-third full to where I could pack some more leaves in that bag until the point that where that bag was just full and strong and sturdy with leaves. My brothers and sisters, I'm simply said that. I'm simply telling you that to let you know that, that to point out the fact that most of our blessing bag, they seem to be on fully full. But once you tap into what I call the chair ministry, you'll find out that there's plenty good room in that bag and i wish i had five people in this piece i wish i had one person on facebook listening land that would throw their hands up and tilt their head back and say with a loud voice lord i want you to sit on me because once you sit on that bag and you condense it down to three, one-third full, then you have more room to bless me, Lord. Lord, I want you to sit on me from, 
from the time that I live to the time that I die because I made up in my mind I'm going to give my talents for you. I made up in my mind I'm going to give my time for you. I made up in my mind that I'm going to give my treasures for you. And you promised that if I give, that you'll give back good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Sit on me, Lord. Yeah, yeah, giving, my brothers and sisters, as I rush to a club, club, a club. I was just seeing who was listening. I was seeing who was listening. As I rush to a close, yes, not only is giving requiting and giving is rewarding, but lastly, my brothers and sisters, giving is reciprocal. Oh, yeah, it's right there in the text. The text says, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together. But then this is the good part. Shall men give into your bosom? Oh, yeah, giving is reciprocal, my brothers and sisters. God's principle of reciprocity is activated when we freely give to others and to kingdom's cause. In turn, he raises up people to be a blessing to us in the same manner that we bless others. Oh, yeah, I, I, if I would, you allow me to use myself as an example because when I decided to become a free giver, God began to use other people to bless me in my life. Oh, yeah, when I decided to be a free giver, God would use his holy influence to touch the life of somebody else to be a blessing to me. Oh, yeah, I know you don't believe me, and so I ask you to check my footwork once again. Yes, because God touched the life of another individual to have him to be a blessing to me. But not only my footwork, but my life in general has been a blessed, has been blessed by individuals who I never would have thought would have did anything for me simply because the God of all salvation touched their life and had them to be a blessing unto me. And so I echoed the words of the hymn writer of the psalmist when he says in Psalms 116 and 12, he says, what shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? What can I give the Lord to say thank you for all the blessings that he has bestowed upon me? Oh, yeah, look at God and look at the benefits that he has blessed us with through Jesus Christ. Yes, if you look at the blessings and look at the benefits that God has given you individually, they are beyond number and beyond calculation. Oh yeah, we're saved through his grace. We're forgiven through his mercy. 
We're lifted through his love. We're redeemed through his blood. We're accepted through his sacrifice. We're justified through his atonement. We're sanctified through his truth. We're calmed through his peace. We're comforted through his presence. I wish I had some help up in here. We're strengthened through his power. We're encouraged through his promises. We're refreshed through his glory. We're assured through his voice. We're sustained through his touch. And we're saved simply through his death. Oh, yeah, furthermore, we all should be blessed with the composure in the midst of calamity, with security in the midst of sorrow, with comfort in the midst of confusion, with confidence in the midst of conflict, with encouragement in the midst of difficulty, with rest in the midst of rushing, with tranquility in the midst of trouble, yes, with endurance in the midst of the adversary, with control in the midst of commotion, with harmony in the midst of discord, with inspiration in the midst of the impossible, with refuge in the midst of danger, all because one Friday night on the hill called Calvary, Jesus gave his life for your sins and for my sins. And because he died for little old me, I'll go throughout this life blessing all that I come in contact with. Why? Because he gave so that I can give. He died so that I can live. And all we got to do is practice the mathematics of givenometry. <laughs>